we've gone between 40 and 50,000 uh, in sales per month over a four month period. And that doesn't look like slowing down, which is great. At Founder, we're on a mission to democratize entrepreneurial education and on our way to building one of the largest online schools in the world for entrepreneurs. We interview some of the greatest founders of our generation to find out how they did it so you can too. However, in this series, we're doing things a little differently. We're working with our own students in our community who are deep within the process of building our own successful business. These are the founders of tomorrow who've stood where you are and are on the way to building the business of their dreams. Now, before we jump in, our lawyers have told us to tell you this. Of course, we can't guarantee you'll have the results like some of our stories are about to share in this show. And as you know, with any business, it's a lot of hard work in addition to completing any online course. And with that said, welcome to From Zero to Founder. Molly here. I'm the community manager for Founder Magazine and welcome back to the series From Zero to Founder. Today I'm sitting down with Adam Strobelak, one of our Start and Scale students, who has managed to sell workwear and go from zero to 130k in just four months. He shares so much great insight and I'm really excited to sit down and talk with him today. So let's just get into it. Hi Adam, welcome. Why not start by introducing yourself? So my name is Adam Scroblack. Um, I'm a, a football coach. Um, I have been for seven years at St Kilda Footy Club. Um, through that time, I've started a couple of businesses. I've got a sportswear business. And also through this time, um, probably just after COVID, started a business that does workwear, uh, mainly a little bit of schoolwear, but mainly workwear. I've um, been doing that for about four months now, um, which has been great and a little sort of introduction into a new business for me. Amazing. So you've kind of always had the business mindset besides being a football coach, is that correct? Yeah, yeah. I started a sportswear business around 12 years ago um, and that was sort of a necessity. I had uh, was out of work at the time and thought I had the experience, so why not start a position for myself in some ways? So I started that from scratch and that's really grown and, and really taken off. Um, I, through that time, I'd always coached football at different levels, um, eventually got to the highest level. Um, and sort of pushed the business to the side a little bit, had general managers in to run the business, and now got a business partner there as well. Um, but through this time, I decided to start something a little bit on the side, which is more based on the workwear side of things. I've seen a bit of an opportunity to get in there um, after doing the, the start and scale course and thought I'll roll the sleeves up and get stuck into it. Sounds incredible. And I think it's really great too, because that means from your prior experience, you've learned a lot and kind of, I guess, perfected the process in actually building up a brand from scratch. Walk me through how that actually started, how you developed even your first brand to help you into your second brand. Yeah, the first brand, I just started with myself really working from home um, and just really using my contacts in the sort of sports um, areas. We made custom sportswear, so football, jumpers, netball, dresses, et cetera. Um, and then we graduated to a small uh, little shop and then I hired one person and slowly grew from there, um, really dominating the Geelong market. But then it opened up into other areas of Victoria, then interstate as well. And it really grew very, very quickly up to about 3 million in sales um, very quickly. Um, and that's sort of continued to bubble along. We then started a factory where we made everything in Australia. Um, so we now diversified a little bit with that and make some in Australia and some overseas. Um, but there was a lot to learn along the way, including probably trying to grow too quick. Um, we got out to about 16 staff at, at one stage. Uh, and with me not there all the time um, with the coaching footy, it was very, very hard to manage and just make sure everyone was doing their role and we're actually continuing to grow in a number of areas. So we scaled right back just after, after COVID. Um, and really now we've just got a lot less overheads 
And I learned a lot through that. So this new business, I've actually gone on a completely different uh, way of doing things in regards to the support I get and the staff, uh, et cetera. And so far, it's been really successful. That's incredible. And I'd love to divulge, I guess, a little bit more information about your second brand. What is the name of your brand uh, for the workwear and, and things like that? It's called Axis Clothing, A-X-I-S Clothing. How are you finding the differences in manufacturing workwear compared to sportswear? Yeah, well, most of our our gear is for tradies. So a lot of them actually wear fashion-based clothing anyway. So we've got a little bit of point of difference instead of the number of suppliers will supply to workwear companies and it's very box up fit um you know just very everyone would wear that type of gear whereas we've more gone down the higher the fashion end the the streetwear so guys you know young tradies and guys probably up until their 40s um can wear really nice fitting apparel on the work site so when we think of workwear a lot of people think about high vis um, now, high vis is part of it, and we definitely do that, but a lot of it's just general tees, hoodies, caps, beanies. Um, and through the winter period, we made, I think it was about 12,000 beanies, um, and they're all custom, so as low as them of 20. Um, and, yeah, they, they just flew off the rack, and that's really how we got going. And then from there, beanies turned into T-shirts and jumpers and then a little bit of high vis as well. Amazing. And I love that roll in effect, how it kind of started with something a little bit more simple and it's just grown and grown. And you mentioned that, uh, you know, Access Clothing has only been around four months. So it's a really relatively new uh, brand. And um, I would love to know more about, did you find there was a gap in the market when it came to streetwear style looks for tradies and things like that? And you just knew that this was something that you had to jump on? Yeah, definitely. It is a bit of a trend. So you picture some guys working on you know, building a house during the day and then after they want to go have a couple of beers or go for something to eat, they often will just wear where they want to work. So a nice fitting tee with a pretty cool print, things like that. actually quite attractive to guys now instead of wearing you know, the old very loose fitting old T-shirts, which a lot of companies go down the track of. But you mentioned the word brand and that's something that we've really sort of zoomed in on a little bit as well. Instead of using other people's brands. So Johnny Bobbin's one that a lot of people will use. They'll get that in, they'll screen print on it and then send it out to the client. We've actually imported our own gear, um, which is the perfect fits for what, what we want. They're labeled with our own brand. So when people wear it, they actually know they're getting a brand name instead of just something that we've got from a, a certain supplier and just screen printed on it. So they actually feel like they're getting a brand rather than just any old top. I love that idea. And especially because you know, it's such a big industry workwear. And like you mentioned, you've got the high vis and you've also got the the more fashion forward. And I love the idea of being able to wear something to work and going for a beer after because a lot of other industries have clothing that is available to them to wear to kind of have that transition. And, you know, you mentioned how you wanted to kind of build up your brand around your product. How have you gone with marketing access since the beginning? Have you been using social media, uh, Facebook ads, anything in particular? Yeah, so we're into Facebook ads now, but from the beginning, we actually started with zero dollars um, and we started on Instagram. So we started on Instagram, we started following a number of businesses uh, and just looked for clients that had really cool logos. We'd get on the front foot, send a message, say, hey, love your logo, would look amazing on custom beanies. And I reckon probably seven, eight out of 10 would come back and say, yeah, let's do a design. We'd get our designer to design them up and next year we had an order. So started with zero clients, zero dollars until we got that first order. We then started to get them made, took payment, and then it just started to roll on from there. So um, we've 
really set up our Instagram so it looks so it, like it is a brand type look. It's not a, a local embroidery or screen printing shop that you'd see on, on your corner. We're actually really targeting it to look and be like an actual brand. Um, and we look at a lot of streetwear brands, a little bit of the sport and try and keep a little bit of that of the look. And if you see our Instagram, a lot of it is the product that we actually, you know, we post, but we're starting to get into a little bit more of, you know, some fun tradey type posts, et cetera, as well to keep people entertained. But most of it is about showing what we can do because we feel like the first part of the business is about that. We are different than everyone else. So this is what we do and we can do it for you. It's all custom. I love that you're showcasing that, especially on social media and that you've mentioned you've literally started from scratch and you've built up this amazing brand. And how have you found your Instagram growth and engagement? Has it been a steady flow since, you know, uh, networking with people, being able to showcase the products that you're actually creating? Yeah, it has. We're now getting orders directly from Instagram um, where people are just messaging us and saying, hey, can I get these in my design? So we just take their email address, design it and send it back to them pretty much. Um, So no, it's it's grown really well. We got on the front foot and fired pretty much every tradie we could find. Um, So we've pretty much hit the limit on there. So we need to go back through and work out who's following us back. But there's plenty more growth to happen through Instagram. It's really been the catalyst to our growth so far, but we think there's a couple more levels there for us to explore. Which is really incredible and it's definitely something to be proud of because once you actually really hit that market and hit that branding, it can only go up as you've mentioned. And you know, you mentioned how networking was something really, really important and you're reaching out to so many brands. From doing that, have you noticed that you were getting word of mouth referrals, you were getting a lot more traffic just from showcasing how great your product is and that point of difference in your product compared to others? Yeah, the word of mouth's been really strong. I think tradies, because they work, you know, a carpenter might go onto a site and he'll work and there'll be a plumber there, there'll be a tiler, there'll be a bricky, a plasterer. So, you know, where'd you get those beanies or where'd you get those hoodies? We've had so many of those where people just and say, oh, I've seen a guy on site that had this on. Can you do them for me as well? Um, and I think that's always um, something that's going to happen. It's not something we rely on all the time. I think it just comes with doing a good job and good business, etc. cetera. Um, but where we are really starting to, to jump into now is Facebook ads, um, where we can get Australia-wide. Uh, and we've had really good responses to that. So we started off doing single products. So it might be just a beanie or a cap. Now we're doing some package deals. So a hoodie and a T-shirt, hoodie, T-shirt, beanie, etc. So a little bit lower price point, but we get the higher volume of sale in the end, which is working really well today. Amazing. And I guess that would just keep increasing your average order value, which is something that you'd want to keep kind of having as a constant and keep growing. So I think really bundling your products together is a really smart idea, especially if a tradie wants head to toe, that really fashion forward and something that is great quality. Is that correct? Yeah, definitely. And we, we feel like the more of our apparel that's out there, the more it's going to grow. But there's also a little bit of strategy behind it as well um, because it helps us meet certain criteria with the, the printing. So the more volume you print, the lower the price comes down as well. So if you're doing 20 or 30 hoodies and 20 or 30 tees, it goes into that next price bracket to bring the prices down as well. So um, that's really important for us. Uh, and the other thing is too, we're starting to explore our, our packaging. So now when a client gets their goods, they come um, fully labelled, they come folded and bagged like you would get when you like, order from an online store as well. So again, looking to that um, more of a brand look compared to your on-the-corner shop that will just send them in a box half folded up in a, you know, and just a, it's not a great look. We want to go more down the high end look, but with that sort of medium price point. 
I really love that you've mentioned packaging because that was something I wanted to bring up as you mentioned, you know, again and again, branding and that user experience and that unboxing experience is, is what solidifies a brand these days because people will take that, put it on social media and share it with friends. Walk me through how you actually started your packaging and where you found the manufacturers and, and people that were actually going to create your product and bring it to life. Yeah, so our, our screen printer, which I've used through my other business for 12 years, so we, we use those guys. Um, so pretty much we, we get great prizes, pretty much don't pay any extra than they do themselves because we sort of bundle up with our total package. So that's been a really good idea. But we've organised for them to do all our bagging and labelling. Um, so once it comes off the printer, they'll fold it, bag it, label it and send it out from there. The next part for us is to organise custom boxing and, and bagging. At the moment, we use just plain boxes. Um, but I think the key, I think you sort of went down that line a little bit then. For us, we call it touch points. The amount of times we can touch that client and have an effect on them as well. So that first instance where they message us or we message them on social media, email, phone calls, um, the delivery of the goods, um, the the invoice, these are all opportunities to impress your client, which is always going to help with return orders and word of mouth. Exactly. And I think you've hit the nail on the head there. And was that another kind of iteration that you did when you first started developing your product to try and obtain feedback to keep improving your product in, in terms of the materials that you use for the hoodies, the beanies and the caps? Yeah, we're always looking to, to improve it. And to give you an idea, so with the caps, we look at what's the most popular cap out there at the moment. And we found that with guys between sort of 18 and 40, it was a new era uh, A-frame cap. So we brought a few of those, worked out where we could improve that, sent it to our supplier overseas and got them to replicate it and make the changes that we wanted. So now instead of them having to pay $40, $40 with a LA or a you know, New York logo on it, they can have it with their company logo on it. It's the exact same quality and actually an enhanced fit as well. And you know, those guys are loving it. Incredible. And has it come across you where you've been walking down the street and you've seen someone wearing and it and kind of clicks how big you've really grown? Yeah, I've actually seen a lot of guys in the gym wearing wearing the, the gear, which I think is good as well. It's not just for the for the work site. They feel comfortable enough and know it looks good to wear it in the gym uh, and where they go down, as I said, and you know, grab a palm in a pot, et cetera, and they're still wearing their gear or it might be just on a weekend that, that you see them down at Bunnings or something like that. It's not doesn't just have to be something they wear on the job site because the prints look really good and the fits are really nice. Um, and the quality is really good. So they're not wearing an old tatty T-shirt that they've had in their wardrobe for a long period of time. So, yeah, I've definitely started to see it, but I love seeing it in areas like the gym because it shows that they're great fits and they're prepared to wear it outside of work. Exactly, and I think, yeah, it would just bring it more home to you that you're actually kind of delivering a product that there is demand for and it's kind of crazy to even think about with athleisure and things with females and males it's become something of more of that you don't just wear to the gym like you're saying you wear it out and about has this also developed other ideas in terms of where you want to take your brand in outside of workwear do you want to do gym clothing or do you think you'll stick to your niche uh, definitely won't do gym clothing. Um, down the track, I think we could go into some more of the, the custom sportswear. As I said, I sold half my business um, a while ago in the sportswear industry. So if I ever look to sell out of that business entirely, I might look to get in that with this business. But for the moment, I think we really want to concentrate on establishing ourselves within the workwear industry and just keeping that fashion blend as well. Once we grow through that, we may look to other areas. But the key for us is probably to start to introduce new products. So what other caps can we get? What, what are the beanies? Um, do we do crew neck 
tops, long sleeves, just adding a, a greater range. Um, and socks is something we've started to do just recently as well. So growing that range will be where most of our growth comes from, I think. That's really great insight. And bringing it all the way back to when you first started, four months is in reality such a short time to have such incredible success that you've had. Walk me through day one. When was your launch day? How did that feel? And uh, how many actual sales did you get on your first day? Yeah, well, ours was a little bit different. So um, when I got the um, Start and Scale um, course, my partner and I um, got that and started learning through that to start um, an e-commerce store. Um, but I quickly seen that there was things that I could do that I've learned through the course in a business where I've actually had experience, so more of the wholesale style. So we didn't really have a launch date uh, where we you know, took email addresses and had a big sale or anything like that. It was more us getting that um, Instagram page sorted, reaching out to potential clients and getting on the front foot and then starting to grow our orders from there. As I said, we, we started with zero um, dollars. So once we got that first order, it was been about, well, this is actually working. So we, we really tested the market. Um, and in the course, it talks about testing the market to see if we get on the front foot and actually approach people, make it easy for them to order, will it actually work? Before we knew it, we had about 15 orders uh, within a day or so. And well this is actually going to work and you know our first month and it was great there was in the middle of winter so beanies was our, our main seller and they just were going nuts so that was a great little intro for us and now we can see well this works this is the areas where we can improve and let's put the foot on the gas a little bit and move forward hey there nathan chan here see on publisher of founder magazine if you're enjoying from zero to founder and you want to learn from some of the greatest entrepreneurs of our generation, then I highly recommend you also subscribe and check out the Founder Podcast. We talk to some of the most successful people on the planet to discover how they're building their businesses. So you can take a front row seat as we go deep and we learn from some of the founders of brands like Netflix, Dropbox, Reebok, and so many more, and how they built these companies. You can find the Founder Magazine podcast with Nathan Chan on all podcast platforms. Make sure you subscribe. All right, now let's get back into the show. And you've mentioned clients. How many clients or existing customers that keep coming back, recurring customers, if I say, do you believe that your company now has that you'll continue to develop uh, workwear for? Yeah, well, we've done around about 200 or so invoices so far. Um, I reckon we've probably had about 30 reorders. Um, which is a pretty good sign because we're still in the same um, season. So normally what, the way it will work is we'll do winter gear, so beanies, hoodies, et cetera. As we go to summer, it might be tees and tanks and caps. Um, so usually your reorder would come either in that next season or the next year around they want to top up that order. So it's been really good to get 30 or 40 uh, reorders already and often have the same product taken and just get some more of these. They're just Everyone's grabbed them and often happens with beanies or caps they go on the work site and everyone wants to grab one. Um, so they run out pretty quickly. So repeat business is, is huge for us. It's, it's great to have Facebook ads, et cetera, um, and grow that way. But repeat clients don't cost you anything. If it's a reorder, everything's set up. It's just a press of a button to, to reorder that. So really, in, in effect, that's what we're chasing. But at the same time, we want to continue to bring in new clients and keep them happy and then become uh, reorders for us as well. 
Exactly. And I love that mentality, you know, keep one happy, keep many happy. And I think you're definitely doing that and getting on the right track. And I know we've spoken prior to this interview about the success that you've had within such a short period of time. Um, I would love for you to tell everyone listening the amount of success that you've had in terms of revenue in such a short amount of time, because it is truly inspirational. And it's, it's crazy to see that hard work really does pay off. Yeah. So we've gone between 40 and 50,000 uh, in sales per month over a four month period. And that doesn't look like slowing down, which is great. The key for us now is we're in that sort of V period where it's sort of in between seasons almost now. So we're sort of diversifying through to sort of spring now. So more t-shirts, long sleeve t-shirts, et cetera. So to keep those sales up, we need to be really proactive there. But yeah, it's been been great. You know, 40 grand in the first month. And then we hit a, a peak of, I think it was at 55,000 then back down to around 40. Um, which is, yeah, it's been fantastic. And we think that it's going to continue. Um, and I think we're building a really strong base of clients. And as you mentioned before, the word of mouth uh, continues to grow. We've got the repeat clients coming in and our Facebook ads continue to bring in new clients as well. So uh, it's exciting times. And we think we've got some areas where we can continue to improve the business and also add to our range. It's very exciting. And I'm very excited to also keep up to date with it because as you mentioned, seasonal is is a massive market for you and that's how you keep getting your repeat customers and the more things you bring on like you mentioned your socks and uh, long sleeve and short sleeve have you thought about in terms of the new seasons how far in advance you kind of have to plan those products in terms of the fabric the fits ordering and things like that yeah it doesn't take us as long at all because we've already pretty much sort of preset all those things and obviously having the experience with my other business as well so uh, that that's very easy to get. So we've got stock of all our t-shirts, etc. Now ready to go. Um, so that's that's not a problem. Um, and even through winter, we've been doing tea. So that that's not a problem at all to have everything ready to go. It's probably more thinking about well, what will people want during this time outside of just the normal. And often we'll do that. A client might say, "Hey, can I get some t-shirts uh, and hoodies designed?" And then we'll chuck in some extra designs and say, "Hey, thought you might like these." And often they'll they'll take those orders as well. So just thinking outside the square and, and always trying to improve. I think we could easily sit on our heels and be happy with where we're at, or do we actually want to continue to explore ways to improve and, and grow? And you know, as you go along the way, there's always going to be some little bumps in the road uh, and just working your way through them to try and fix them and, and at the end of the day to keep your clients happy. I completely agree with that. And I think touching upon the growth aspect is something really important, especially as you mentioned at the start of this conversation, how, you know, you can grow so rapidly and that in itself is such a learning because you have to adapt and you have to, you know, plan how a business is going to run. In terms of growth with your most recent uh, brand, how has that been looking? Do you have um, a certain amount of staff that you've employed? Are you still handling things yourself? What it, what it, What does that kind of look like? Yeah, at the moment, it's myself and my partner, and I've got a, um, a virtual assistant as well, uh, and we've got a graphic designer as well. So um, we've got four. Um, we pretty much take care of most of the sales, as in like placing the orders um, and getting things out, packaged and out. Um, but now it's just got to a stage where it's getting too busy, so the um, personal assistant or the virtual assistant now does all the toing and froing. So if you were to want to order something, you contact us, we get your details, what you're looking for, send it to our designer, he designs it back to the virtual assistant, back out to the client. Then one, once they're ready to place the order, it comes through to me, I get the order sorted, goes through to wherever it needs embroidery or screen print or sublimation. 
then it gets packaged from there back to me and then we send it out. So we think we've got some areas to improve there just with streamlining that. Um, but the virtual assistant's been a real um, eye-opener for me and that's something I wish I did a lot earlier. Um, the lady we've got has been absolutely brilliant, really hard worker, wants to learn and it's been great for our clients. I think that's incredible. And I think also having that virtual aspect to it also help you kind of keep things close. And it does sound like such a full-time job. And one thing that we do touch on upon in the Start and Scale course is, you know, that growth aspect of it. Do you feel like with how you're growing now, you may have to reconsider or rejig things, or you're really happy kind of pushing forward and having this as like a full-time thing for you right now? Uh, well, at the moment, I'm still coaching um, football at AFL level. So whether that continues or not, that's probably the decision down the track, whether I continue to do that or go into the business full-time. Um, but I think I'll continue to do it at this stage. Um, and I think we can add some more staff on here or virtually as well. I think they've been really good for us um, because they're so good with clients and getting back to clients and giving the answers that they need. Um, but, yeah, there has been some challenges with me working full-time coaching and then obviously clients want to chat on the phone, et cetera. So we're just working through that and how we best organise it because at the end of the day, it's happy clients that continue to keep the business growing and moving forward. So how can we best organise that and make that happen? So they're, they're the little challenges we've got, but I think they're all good problems to have and to solve. I definitely agree with you. And I think keeping the, the customer fo- focus is really, really strong. And as we've talked about time and time again, that will just propel your brand even further and also have that sense of community. And from really establishing these sort of relationships, have you noticed that social proof has been really big for you in terms of reviews or, or client feedback that you can actually publish on your ads, on your Instagram and things like that? Yeah, definitely. What, what we usually do if we've got a, a client that's been really happy, we'll ask them just to put a few sentences together and then we'll get our artist to put those sentences onto a background with the client's logo and then we'll post that on social media with a picture of their product as well. Um, and they've worked really well for us. And what generally happens from that, once we tag them in, they'll repost it as well. So it's not only hitting our audience, it's hitting their audience as well. We found that it's helped a lot because not only are they seeing the product, but they're also seeing the words that they've said in regards to the quality of the product, the service, et cetera, as well. So that's been really strong for us. And as I said, the, the tradie community are, are quite tight and they listen to each other. So if someone says that's great or bad, you know, they're going to listen either way. So we want those, um, those great reviews to continue to happen. I think that's great. And in terms of uh, actually providing service to those clients, are they strictly Australian-based or are you venturing out internationally at the moment or is that something that might happen in the future? We've had uh, five um, clients in New Zealand, which is which is exciting because it's not something we sort of set out to achieve. So that's, yeah, that's been really exciting. But for now, it's probably more within Australia and getting it into the other states. I would say we're probably 60 70% Victorian-based. Um, mainly because we're through winter doing beanies and hoodies. It's not really applicable as much to WA and Queensland. So just tapping into those markets probably through the spring-summer period as well, I think will give us some some really strong growth as well. Um, New Zealand's an interesting one because they are so close and the freight doesn't cost that much to send it there. So we think that's another opportunity for us there. But when we look overseas, we'll, potentially there might be some opportunity to start something over there, but it's probably not something we'll look at at the moment. Our hands are full with growth here at the moment. So I think we'll continue to explore that. 
And I think everyone listening has to remember it's been four months and you've all, like you've already done so much. And the fact that you've already had clients in New Zealand just goes to show the growth and the potential that your business really does have and that your success has come from one state basically in Australia, which is absolutely incredible. And I think, you know, a lot of people listening will actually find so much inspiration in your journey as well, because, you know, you've, you've done a business before and you've kept that going and now you're ready to kind of venture into something new and continually learning. Is education and I guess something about the entrepreneurial business, something that you'll forever kind of educate yourself on to keep growing? Yeah, definitely. I travel about an hour to work every day and I sort of always traveled um, for work. So every day I've got a different podcast on. Sometimes it's coaching related, but often it's business related. Um, obviously listen to um, Zero to Founder um, every episode on a Saturday and also Nathan Chan um, with Founders being one of my favorites for a long time and always wanted to get on there at some stage. So that's a bit of a goal, but yeah, loves his podcasts um, and learn a lot from them. I think the diversity diversity with the different people he has on there is really interesting and it suits larger business, but also small. I think the, the key messages there relate to, to all businesses. Um, so yeah, so I'm always listening to different um, podcasts, um, audio books, different little courses where I can. Um, and I think the key for me is you, know, you can sit, sit at home and do that type of thing. But, you know, obviously I've, I've got a 11 month year old and a, um, a fiance here. So it's, you can get caught up in work too much at times. So I try and use those times where I'm in the car to learn as much as I can because it's, it's dead time really. So use that time where you can. So when you're at home, you can actually be present at home. I think that's a great little piece of advice because I myself love listening to podcasts and thank you for listening to all of ours because there is so many hidden gems and and this is why we do it, why we speak to students like yourself because you're really teaching and educating others that listen to this that they can do it too and, you know, you're just an everyday Australian that has had an idea and has really, really come to life. So thank you so much for sharing that. But I would love to know more about what you think and where you think your business is going to go in the future, whether that's six months or 12 months. Do you have any tangible goals that you'd like to share? Revenue is probably not the, you know, we don't really have too many goals in that sense, because I think that's with my last business, that was a bit of a trap to always look to grow revenue nonstop. Um, I think that will happen organically if we get everything right. So for now, it's about getting everything right from the right from the start of things to taking the order all the way through to having them decorated and then having them posted out. I think we've got a bit of work to do to get that right. And if we do, I think it'll grow really quickly. I think there's a bit of a trap in looking to grow into too many areas without actually getting your first area right. We know there's lots of room for growth within Australia. As I said, we're mainly in Victoria. We've tapped into New Zealand and also interstate a little bit, but there's a lot of growth that happened there. So um, if we try and grow into too many areas, you know, whether that's uh, active wear, um, you know, America or UK or anything like that, those things don't really appeal to us at the moment. We really want to dive into our niche, get our things right here, grow that way, and I think things will grow pretty quickly. As I said with my last business, my goal was always growth. I think you can sometimes start to take shortcuts to get to that growth and you miss some of the foundation work. I think that's one of the learnings I got from that business. Get the foundation right, grow not so much organically, but almost naturally through the process instead of just looking too far ahead and saying, this is where I want to get to. Well, let's look at what we need to do and then that'll work and we'll get to that stage eventually. 
I think that's great. And speaking to you is such, uh, I guess, a great learning for me too, because most people that I speak to with these sort of businesses and e-commerce businesses look to influencers and things like that to help growth. And that is the main driver. But the fact that you're really trying to, to nitpick and get everything right, I think is great. And it will go back to kind of that brand presence that you really, really had. Is Facebook ads still going to be the one thing that you focus on as well as social media? Or would you ever consider doing, you know, collaborations with other brands? Or in Australia, we have The Block, which is massive and there's tradies every day on that. Has that been something that you're thinking about maybe doing in the future? Yeah, definitely. I think that The Block one's a good one. Um, I've had that one in my notes for a while. I think something like that would be really, really good for us. But at the same time, we need to be ready. As I said before, we've got quite limited staff at the moment. So if we're bringing in huge orders, we're probably not quite ready to, to get them out. But definitely Facebook ads, I think they work really well for us. Even the process of having the ad there, a message through, the VA takes the details, gets a design done, gets their email, sends it out to them, and then it happens that way. It actually works really well for how we're, we're set up. Um, and I think it's an easy way to get return on investment as well. Um, we've had really strong uh, feedback on those so far. And even with the sportswear business, there's been a real catalyst to the growth through that. I think it's a very, very easy way to grow your business if they're done right and you've got your right target um, and you go through the stats. You know, we posted a couple of ads early on and I had um, was doing it to male and female over a wide range and then seeing, going back through the stats on it, that really it was 90% males that were commenting and looking at the ads and it was between an age of pretty much 22 and, and 38, I think it was. So we've honed in on that age bracket and getting a much bigger bang for buck now. I think that's a great learning and I'm sure, you know, it's helped you kind of getting those system and processes in order with your VA and your ads has helped you kind of, as you mentioned, really hone in on that particular market and that niche and really see, I guess, plain and clear who is interested in your products. Do you feel like uh, because you have that information, it's kind of given you the ammunition to really uh, maybe do more ads or, you know, widen your select audience that you're actually delivering the ads to? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And I, I think the key is that we can, we can pick the product that we're advertising. So whether it be a high margin product for us, something that's easy to get stock of, um, so at the moment, there's obviously a lot of issues with stock with COVID. So we've been, we've forward planned quite well. So we're quite prepared for it. But there is still some items that come up at the moment from different suppliers where we can't get or they're short on stock, et cetera, as well. So with the ads, we can actually choose exactly what we want. So a product that's in stock, uh, a product that we get on a special or we've been able to bulk buy. Um, or just something that's a really high margin for us as well. So I think the Facebook ads are untapped for us. And as I said, they really suit the way we do our process in regards to you know, inquiry through to through to order. So I think it's an area we'll continue to grow. And we've really scaled up on the, on the spend that we've been doing those over the last month. And we've had um, pretty strong results from that. As I said, this time of year is a quiet time generally. We think those ads have been able to bulk that up for us and keep our sales at a pretty level um, pretty level amount really through this period it's generally quite low yeah no you've touched on something really interesting that I guess only just really came to my mind the whole situation about launching a brand during such a different time COVID has kind of shaped a lot of the ways in which businesses um, actually operate what have you noticed the key differences between 
starting a business 12 years ago in a time where, you know, that was a little bit more, how you say, normal compared to now in a, a COVID normal. What are some of the key differences that you've really discovered from, from having that um, two, two business launches? Yeah, I think people are a lot more uh, acceptable, acceptable now that you don't have the bricks and mortar store. Uh, in the past, it's all been, well, can I come have a look or can I come down and see your showroom, et cetera? Whereas now I just say, no, we're, we're, we're online. Um, since COVID, we're just we're just operating online. Happy to send you out samples. I'm having an answer around it, but yeah, people are very accepting of that now. I think in the past it was if you didn't have a shop front, they wouldn't deal with you. Um, so now that's that's definitely changed. Um, but I guess the the key for us is to think about what the client actually wants. They want to make it easy. So if you're a, a tradesman, you're a builder, you don't want to have to leave the site really anyway. So I just turn it back in that way and say, listen, if you had to pack up all your tools and come in and look at a showroom compared to me um, sending out some samples to you which will arrive or getting someone to drop them off, that's much easier for you. So almost turning the negative into a positive. But people are just understanding of it now. It's The world's changed and I know there's still people out there that are trying to battle the fact that it hasn't changed, but accept that it has changed, uh, work out how it can work for you and your clients and move on and plan for it. Really great advice there. And I think you're, you're so right, it is changing and having that almost instant um feedback and and being able to send through samples and things is just really, really interesting. And I know working towards wrapping up because I've learned so much just from speaking to you. And I think you've also going to inspire so many people listening with the short turnaround that you've had and the growth that you've had. One of my favorite questions to ask is anyone listening right now, if they're in a position where they really want to start their own brand, whether that's in the same niche as you or something different, what would be a key bit of advice that you've learned that you would like to share with them? For me, there's probably a couple of things. It's one, is there an area where you've got some some expertise? Um, that, that's one key thing. I've been in the apparel industry for, for a long period of time, so I've got some a lot of contacts, know how to, to get things rolling, and obviously I started two businesses pretty much from, from scratch. The first one was with $150 and the second one was with zero. Um, so just knowing what your expertise are and how you can make them work into a business and finding an opportunity as well. Many people... You mentioned active wear. Um, there's a lot of active wear brands out there and people continue to do it. But what's your point of difference? What, what opportunity have you actually seen that you can create? And what are your expertise? And if you can join those two together, I think you're, you're in for a winner. Um, people get into business often for the sake of it. Um, for me, there's got to be a necessity or a really strong reason. And if you find that reason, then put the foot on the gas and go for it. I think that's great advice and and passion drives overall and that's going to keep, you know, keep motivating you to keep waking up every day and doing what you're doing is the love for it and the passion and the drive. So, Adam, I really want to thank you for spending the time with me today, speaking about your journey and sharing your story with everyone listening because I know a lot of people will love it and I'm really excited to hopefully six months time, 12 months time to check in with you again and and have that update to see how you're going and what you've developed. So thank you again for, for sitting down with me and speaking with me today. All right, all. thanks for having me. Hey guys, we hope you're loving From Zero to Founder and you're getting a ton of value from it. If you want access to the exact free training that led today's founder to where they are now, head to founder.com slash course training or follow the link in the show notes. 